702 SMS Talk at 9 on 31702. 16 minutes ago to 11 o'clock, as I said on the line, we have Lydia uh, Zingwani. She's the founder and director of the SA uh, Teen Entrepreneur Trust. Good evening to you and thank you for joining us, Lydia. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks. No, no, only a pleasure. And really, um, I thank you for joining us on the line, especially in the wake of the fact that on Tuesday, it's, of course, um, um, Youth Day, National Youth Day. And we know that, uh, you know, for a lot of people, Youth Day sort of consists of two things, uh, dressing up in your school uniform and going to the office or, you know, to work like that. Alternatively, uh, what it should be remembered for, I think, also the fact that in 1976, People gave their lives, uh, you know, as, as one step in the direction of our freedoms that we have today. But of course, out of all of those sort of celebrations, what we tend to forget and what we don't necessarily pay attention to is the fact that we actually have young people who need to be equipped and, and be placed and, and be put into a position that they're ready for the future. Is it not so? Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, that's always the, the, the case. And we actually don't remember or maybe we never think that they actually are the majority in the country at the moment, and that's where our focus is and should be. And, um, you know, yeah, June the 16th reminds us of the energy of the young people that they can actually change the trajectory of this country. Let's let's look at entrepreneurship. I mean, it's something that we always talk about. And, you know, one of the things I, I mentioned it at the beginning of the book, um, beginning of the book, beginning of the show. Uh, and one of the things that annoys me is that I can't remember which book I read it in. But, you know, this idea that the current education system is a hangover of the Industrial Revolution, which you and I both were not alive to see, uh, you know, when people were basically shoved into uh, factories to work shifts. Um, and that was basically the only work available for people. Um, and then that sort of changed uh, years later where everyone was sort of shoved into a call center or into a place where uh, mm-hmm. you sit in an open plan office and you have, uh, you know, demarcated specific lunch times and specific tea breaks and specific toilet breaks. It, everything was uh, regimented, you know, yeah. you know the, what you had to wear to work, et cetera, et cetera. And, and yet we expect young people coming out of that education system to somehow just suddenly become these entrepreneurs and, and, and revolutionary thinkers and people that's going to give us new ideas and, innovation, and innovate in that space? Yes, I mean, that's, uh, that, that's always our, you know, our thinking, that you know, they're just going to you know, suddenly just be there on the, on the horizon, and then we have this army of one million entrepreneurs by the year 2030, uh, and still doing the same things which we're doing in the 1950s, in the 60s and 70s, in the 2000s, and, and now in the 21st century. Uh, it's not going to happen that way. You actually need to interject, especially coming in from the history of this country, particularly this country. When we look at the appetite for entrepreneurship, it's not there because of the history of this country. So we really need, uh, as much as most people might argue, we need someone to sort of just interject and say, look, what can we do in order to stimulate uh, entrepreneurship in this country? And, you know, the programs which we run sort of speaks to that. So let's look at some of those pro- uh, programs. I mean, how how does it then operate in that space? Is it something that one can see as an alternative to education? And I'm saying that advisedly because sometimes I think, uh, you know, we also need to understand that a lot of young people or the youth, what we describe as the youth uh, today, um, 
rightly or wrongly, are impatient. They want to get things done. They want to get moving very quickly. And, uh, you know, the idea of doing a little bit here and doing a little bit there, in you know, for the bigger uh, scheme of things eventually uh, doesn't seem to be the most attractive idea for many of those young people any longer. But the key question is, how does your program actually work? Uh, does it strengthen the education that they have already? Is it an alternative to education? What is it all about? It is actually a hybrid. You can't sort of devoid, uh, you know, education from entrepreneurship because some of the things which you need to be an entrepreneur might actually stem from the education. Uh, you can't suddenly be, start, you know, a tech company if you haven't actually been exposed to, a, you know, computer science or something like that. So obviously you need to have a two-minded kind of thing or an end result which has got just not one end. Whereas our education at the moment or, uh, you know, previously has always been aimed almost like a train coming in from Stellenbosch and ending up at the Cape Town station and everybody is supposed to actually arrive at the destination. But we need to have this uh, two-way kind of uh, thinking where young people are absorbing education the normal education, but mm. they are also thinking, you know, on, on, on the application of that education at every stage because entrepreneurship doesn't start when you get to university or when you get to a matric. It can start any time. So you need to be uh, exposing them to, you know, the kind of thinking which result in them being curious, being, uh, you know, looking at, you know, having a second pair of eyes. That's what I always say that you can't just have one eye looking at one thing. You must be, you know, multidimensional. Now, Lydia, let's talk a bit about that because, you know, for me, it's always such a, you know, an interesting thought or an interesting idea. And I think there's very few people who are not very few, but I think that there's so many programs out there around entrepreneurship, around innovation, that uh, it's easy to get lost in the forest of, of new ideas or new thoughts. And what I mean by that is some people, for example, will give you tech-heavy skills and tell you that will turn you into an entrepreneur, you know. Other people will teach you how to sell loose cigarettes and fruit on the side of the road and say that that supposedly is also um, entrepreneurship. What is your program like? What does it do? What does it cater for? What is, does, it, does it aim to achieve ultimately? What it aims to achieve is to get a young, an army of young people who are thinking uh, all the time. They see opportunities and gaps in the market at any time. So what we ask them to do is to look wherever they are what is going on? So they must actually understand what is going on around them and where do they see opportunities? How can they maximize on what problems they are facing currently and how they can solve them and possibly get money or change the, you know, their, their lifestyle at that time? So you're not going to be just, they're needing to be thinking all the time, looking at, at, the, at what is going on, be curious, be educated be sensitive, be responsible citizens so that at least they are aware of the situation currently. We need that, you know, if I just sort of talk about some of the programs which we have. By all means. Or, uh, sorry? I said by all means, by all means. Go, yes, go ahead. Yes. Uh, if I can just say, you know, one of the programs which we have is uh, the idea of having a society in every school, an entrepreneurial society in every school. It means that we take maybe 50 young people in a school and we, we, we you know, we ask them exactly what is going on, what are, what are the problems they are facing, and they can they be the, the solution? Can they come up with a solution to those problems? 
problems and they can monetize that uh, that solution and how do you then take that solution or that idea to market so we take them from idea to market so that each time each time when they are confronted by something which they can't solve or there is a problem how can they solve that and actually earn money out of that so that is the aim which we, we you know we take our young people we don't sort of just say they are tech problems or they are, they need to be able to understand their communities where they are currently are. They're, it's not just in, happening in Jobek, it's happening everywhere. So problems are everywhere and they can be armed to be part of the solution. So that's what we, 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 we aim to do. And obviously the Entrepreneurial Society has got a program which sort of, you know, takes them from that idea to, to market. I mean, I find that absolutely fascinating. And I mean, I'll, I'll give you an opportunity for how young people can actually participate in the program. What does it take? Is it, uh, you know, uh, what does it cost, if anything, et cetera, et cetera. All of those uh, details we'll get into. But the one thing that I find fascinating, it's something that I personally am struggling with, you know, occasionally because of the different things I do, I work with young people. Um, and, and the one thing that stands out for me all too often is, a impatience, and I, I can sort of relate and understand why, because I wasn't, you know, uh, 38 all my life. I was, I was younger than that, you know, not too long ago, and I wanted things to happen here and now. And I always thought that whatever idea I have, whatever opportunity arises, is going to be maximized here and now. How do you get past that, that sense of pressure, whether it be through social media and, and I guess youthful exuberance, to say, hang on a second, um, it's a step-by-step process and that at times you will get annoyed, you will get um, impatient, you will feel that it's taking too long, but ultimately, you know, it, 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 it's, it's a plant that's growing. It's not, um, you know, a fire that's, that's spreading because of, of, of uh, you know, because of petrol. Uh, yes, sometimes, uh, you know, they come up with wild, big ideas which they have and they want to immediately uh, take care of them or maybe start them. You know, they say, look, I'm, you know, all I'm looking for is 500000 but that's a lot of money. So we say to them, be practical, be reasonable where you are currently. What do you have in your hand? What do you have around your society, your, your community, which you can actually start now and build up? Because you can't immediately start having... Uh, or in our area, we don't have McDonald's, so I need to put in a McDonald's shop or a, I mean, it costs three million. So you don't have that money. What can you do? So we ground them back to say, look, you need to build, it's a brick, it's a brick, you know, mm. building thing where you start off one brick at a layer and maybe you might get the money here, then start off something else and then start off something else. Sometimes it's not a, a straight line. So, but, if you take them seriously and they, you know, they understand exactly and you give them examples of what is happening around the world, they'll possibly understand and they do understand. And the ideas which they come up with are practical and relevant and they usually don't require a lot of money. So the impatience is sort of, uh, you know, coward mm. uh, when we sort of uh, look at them in that manner. So you, you can't just. They can't dream. Of course, they dream big ideas, which we want. But you now say, how do you take a mouthful, you know, each time, you know, to get to your eventual uh, destination? But also, I mean, to your point, it's also realistic. I mean, it's great to have a dream. 
Um, but it's a, it needs to be realistic. And maybe to some extent, this is where the innovation issue comes in because any Tom, Dick or Harry, if, if it was possible for me to get my hands onto three or four million rands to open up a McDonald's, guess what? I'd be opening up a McDonald's and I wouldn't be working, you know, anymore because I'd be have staff and, and, you know, automation systems and things, uh, just sort of sending out burgers on a day to day basis. And that's my income, you know. Um, the question is, how are we innovative? How are we able to introduce new ideas? And for lack of a better description, introduce our own South African homemade version of McDonald's if such a thing is, is yet to come. Yeah, you start from somewhere. I mean, I had a, a young person saying, I want to open a bakery actually today. And I said, have you actually been making bread in your area? He said, yes. Uh, then I said, you know, start maybe supplying your school, you know, for, for instance. And then let's build up from there because that is more practical uh, rather than to say, look, I now want to, uh, you know, supply the whole country. It's never going to. So you need to make, we're not saying that they shouldn't be, be dreaming bigger but they need to be uh, grounded so that at least they can start understanding some of the issues, some of the, uh, you know, their own communities where they can grow. They don't just have to come to Jobbeck or Cape Town. They can actually start exactly where they are. And, you know, just talking about it now, you know, we are in a pandemic where we have the COVID-19 mm. and there have been, you know, 90 or a billion of young people across the globe have been sitting home. And we did run a challenge where we said, what can you, as a young person, contribute to the solution of, you know, of COVID-19? Mm. And they came up with one. I mean, I was surprised by the, the response from South African uh, young people. Uh, they, come up, they came up with brilliant ideas. And we have just last Friday announced uh, the f- top five winners uh, who were actually South Africans, which, you know, speaks that there is appetite for entrepreneurship. We just need to awaken you know, that spirit within the young people. I want to just ask you now, because, uh, you know, time is running short again. And unfortunately, these conversations, you know, time runs out very quickly. How, how does one join this program? What does it take? Is it free? Uh, what commitment is needed from, uh, say, a young person that joins your program? What we require is that uh, joining that everyone can join because you can join online and start, uh, you know, enjoying some of the newsletters, our talks and everything else. Mm. But if you want to join as a society, definitely we then it has got to be a school or you, if you want to join as a team uh, of young people then you have to just go onto our website, you express your interest or your headmaster or your champion teacher. Sometimes it's you know, because of the school nature and the guardian around young people, you can't just go and grab 50 young kids from a school. So yeah. you need to work through the administrative, uh, you know, scenario of schools where you have to approach the head teacher and then the head teacher appoints a, a you know, a champion teacher who then recruits 50 young people within a school. And the idea is that once we have that society of 50 young people in a school, the other 1,000 are going to be seeing that Jack suddenly is now thinking differently. So if they are also an entrepreneur hot point within a school. So if you've got a thousand schools all with entrepreneur societies, it means that you're not just impacting, you know, 50 young kids, but you're impacting 50 times 1,000 kids in, a, in every school. So that's how we, we, you know, we operate. And obviously we have a website, teenentrepreneur.co.za, where they can go in and um, look at some of the programs which we offer. Uh, and we have a program which starts obviously with idea generation um, and we have others where they can network with other young people because they might think there are only these 50 young kids in the school and yet there are another you know, 10,000 somewhere else within South Africa.
So very quickly, how do people reach out to you? How do you, they contact with, uh, connect with you digitally? Uh, they can come to our website, teenentrepreneur.co.za, which is one word, or they can also check on our Facebook, which is Teen Entrepreneur. Um, and, you know, that's basically how they can get in touch with us and, you know, be part of our programs. We are actually appealing to all the education departments, uh, all the young people outside the school framework, as long as they're still, you know, maybe under 20, they can also join. And at least just join online so that at least you start getting some kind of information on the programs which we run. All the best to you, Lydia. Thank you so much for chatting to us this evening. And uh, I wish you, uh, you know, all the best with your ventures in the space. I think it's extremely important work that you're doing. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Only a pleasure. That was Lydia Zingoni, founder and director of SAT Entrepreneur Trust.